themselves and 360 the world. Jamie Neal, the host, asks many questions about their mindset and how they fundamentally operate their world and the world around them. Hello and welcome back to 360 Yourself. I am enjoying being back in London. I think last time we were chatting, I was in Devon. Um, we had a massive heat wave on Friday. It was like 34 degrees. I think everyone migrated to Brighton. And if you were in Brighton, shame on you. We should all be social distancing. But um, I went on. I went on Saturday, and uh, it was still a bit sunny, but not as busy as it was on Friday. And I had a lovely time. So I hope you are all enjoying this weather, because um, as you know, I always talk about the weather and how it is good for your soul. And today, on a Monday fresh fresh morning fresh day we got um the birds are singing it was meant to actually be raining today now it's actually um it's sunny so i hope it lasts for another week and a half and i hope you have been doing your um mental uh, my, uh meditations in the morning as we talk about those sort of things keeping yourself that hour in the morning um but speaking um of blissful mondays um i'm talking to a really really cool guy that um I have been a fan of his work for a long time. I was introduced to him uh, by a really, really good friend of mine. He's an actor, he's a singer, he's a model. He's been in uh, Sweeney Todd, he's been in Twilight Saga, he's been in Harry Potter. I mean, the list goes on. And he's just, I believe that he's one of these sort of guys that have a sort of multi-faceted uh, um, imagination. And I always, you know, I always talk about transferable skills and I believe that he is one of those guys that, is not just like bound to one thing of one identity. He can just morph into different things that he's interested in. So I think that's why I believe he would be an amazing asset to talk about how his mind works and how he operates. So, um, hey, Jamie Campbell Boa, how are you doing? I'm very good. Thank you so much for that lovely introduction. How are you? I'm very, very, very good. Actually, I said I said it wrong. Jamie Campbell Bo- Bo- Boa, Boa. That's it. Bauer. 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 See, it's my dyslexia. I'm like, oh, I, I was like going in my head going, I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to get it wrong. Um, how is your morning going? You were saying just before uh, the podcast that you get usually like 5 or 6 a.m. in the morning, which is mental. But um, how's your morning going? My morning is going very well. I've done my breathing exercises for the morning. I've had my cold shower, which has been lovely. And I've had numerous cups of coffee which has probably undone all that brilliant work that i did in the morning but so because uh, i i obviously know that you're meant to have cold showers how did you how did you find this out and when did you start doing cold showers and did you did you instantly get into it or did you go oh no i, I need a bit hot in there and then you go and then like two weeks later you go i'm gonna try it again um yeah well i mean gosh uh, i got into it through discovering uh, wim hof and mm-hmm. his practice and his method of what he does mm-hmm. um and one of the things that he says is you know to take a cold shower and 
I'm also I'm, I'm also like on my own path and on my own journey in, in other acts of my life and to do with kind of the ego dying mm-hmm. um, and one of the things that a cold shower does because naturally our body is like oh, I, I don't want to be in here like I don't, I don't want to be cold like my brain is like I want to get out I want to leave this situation one of the great things about a cold shower is that it teaches you if you kind of stand there and you're like okay I'm not leaving I'm gonna be in here mm-hmm. and I'm gonna get used to it and I'm gonna breathe in peace and out with stress you kind of leave that situation you're like oh man I feel so much better about my day and the health benefits that you know that it does for your vascular system and all those kind of things are you know scientifically proven so um at least i believe they are don't quote <laughs> me on that <laughs> um so yeah no i just came about it through wim Hof and um and i love it it's uh, it, it's the best thing the best i I, tr- I try to do it a couple of times and i just I, i'm i'm in that sort of mindset that i'm like oh no it's too cold i love the heat I, I, that person that I'm like, if we are in some sort of cold country, because I'm over there shooting or whatever, I'm like, this is just horrendous. But when I'm in LA and it's sun, I'm like, oh my God, I'm just such a sunny, like heat baby. But I know it's really, really good for you to do and to have ice baths and that sort of thing. Yeah, totally. I want to take it to, to that like next level of like extreme training, I think would be really, really good. There's a guy over here we we were watching a show about him the other day. Um, he's a surfer called Led Hamilton, and him and his wife have created this whole kind of training regime that goes around ice baths and breathing techniques and you know, underwater training um, and heat, heating up your core temperature as well as dropping it down again and then paddleboarding and all this kind of stuff. And I want to take it to that like next level because at the moment, like. Yeah, I do my breathing exercise and they're amazing and I love them. And, you know, sometimes they'll be 10 minutes, sometimes they'll be 40 minutes. Um, and I do my cold showers. But in terms of like sitting in an ice bath for like 30 minutes, I'm yet to do that. And mm-hmm. I really want to do that because I'm all about like how far can I push my body? It's kind of great. So are you, are you like that in all facets of your life then about how far you can push your mind and your body? Oh my God, yes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I've always been that kid. Like, I've always been, for for better or worse, um, in my life, I've always been obsessive. Like, just a hundred percent. If I find something that I like, I'm gonna go for it until mm. I sort of break, <laughs> which is which is great, and I love that about me. But you know, there are other parts of it too that that, that in my life. Have that obsessive nature has certainly caused me in parts of my life harm and I had to recognize where that was coming in and go okay well stop that and focus on doing you know focus on using your obsessive nature for the for the betterment of yourself mm. um but uh yeah always 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 so I, I want to know what where, where did it all start for them being because I, I know you went to like National Youth Music Theatre and National Youth Theatre which of which I did when I was younger and I think a lot of people do who are in the theatre arts when they're younger there's nowhere else really to go apart from these two brilliant places but did you was you always in it is your family in it what, what, what's the what's the the journey gosh um so my parents are in the music industry um mm. and my mum's uh, father and mother. My mum's father was uh, was in the music industry as well. He actually worked for the BBC mm-hmm. um, 
way back in the day, um, but was always a really, really talented uh, pianist and mm-hmm. musician, um, and ended up taking his organ FRCO, which which I've been told by people, my mum, <laughs> that is like the hardest, like one of the hardest uh, examinations that you can take for music, and it's, it's organ-based, so you're using your hands and your feet at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so music has kind of been, music and creativity has been in our family, it's been the way our family has kind of survived um, for generations now. Um, on my mother's side, and then on my father's side, his dad was actually in the army, um, in the Air Force, and dad ended up kind of falling into music um, in his in his twenties. He he went to Australia on his gap year, like he just wanted to go travelling before mm-hmm. he went to university. Mm-hmm. Binned off university, stayed in Australia, uh, and then came back and started working in the music industry. Okay, um, that's where to go. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Mum always gives him so much crap for it as well. She's like, you never went to university. He's like, I did the University of Life, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. Which I think is great. Um, so that's like kind of, it's kind of genetic, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, in the sense of like epigenetics in our family. I think like um, when I was a kid, my parents saw in me a desire to like perform and I was watching some old videos of me when I was about, I must have been like maybe nine, nine or 10. So when we first moved out of London, maybe younger, maybe eight, and it's my brother's birthday and it's his birthday party and all his mates are there. But somehow I managed to like lead a procession of these young children around around the bouncy castle and I'm there like at the front like marching like come on everyone and and they're fo- bless them they're following me um and so like I think my parents saw in me like, like a desire for performance and a kind of like inner fire that was fueled and nurtured through performance I remember as a kid like my best friend um who's now I think he's now a writer and I think he's now developing. We haven't spoken for, 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 for a few years, but um, uh, not because anything bad happened, just FYI. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just one of those things where, you know, you grow up, you, you yeah, you just, yeah, eight or nine and you move away. Yeah, and you just collection yeah. and that sort of thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, I, he's a writer now, but we, I remember when we were about eight, um, we had a, we had like a, air guitar band and it was it was around like when that song three lines on a shirt was out and you know like brick pop was happening and we made our parents come and watch us like perform this like version of this song that we'd just done in our living room you know and so for me like it was always just something that I gravitated towards and marry that with the fact that like my parents love it and it's been in our family for so long um and they were like okay when when i was a kid they they uh, took me to go and learn violin it was the first instrument that i learned and i learned through suzuki method mm-hmm. um which you know is is learning by ear um and you marry all those things together and it was just kind of like a perfect storm for 
something to happen and mm. it was kind of the only thing that I ever really wanted to do so we moved out of London when I was eight or nine and um and moved to moved to Hampshire because mum and dad had found this amazing school that they wanted to send me to mm-hmm. um and it was a school that kind of nurtured the side of the individual that um, whatever they chose to be interested in was what the school nurtured, basically. Yes, you had to do all, all the, you know, all the subjects, but, mm. but, you know, if you were particularly interested in one thing, the school was very, very good at, at, at offering you the opportunity, and I'm very privileged to have been able to go to that school, incredibly privileged, and I'm incredibly grateful to my parents for working so hard to be able to send me there because that was really their kind of main drive. Um, and I, that's to me is mind blowing. Um, so I went there and I joined in the local youth theater of the local town. It was a town called Petersfield. Um, and I did local youth theater productions of Alice in Wonderland, Bugsy Malone, guys and dolls, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And it was great. And, and um, Nick, uh, who was the, or still is, the, the, the director and the musical director of the, of the company, um, now runs uh, Matilda. He was the, he was the director of, of, of Matilda when, when oh. it sort of came. And he now, like, tours with it. So when it goes away, like, if it goes to Australia like it did a few years ago, Nick's the guy that goes and is like, this is how it's going to go, this is what you're going to do. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. amazing. Um, so we did, like, that was my upbringing um, mm-hmm. up until about 15. And then, actually, also, sorry, like you said, at that time, I think I was 12, and I joined National Youth Music Theatre. Um, Which is also a really, really great place to get started into the world of theatre and the arts. I mean... I don't know many other uh, companies for youth that does anything better than what it does and brings in, brings in these amazing professionals. Like there isn't, I mean, and also National Youth Theatre as well is is also brilliant uh, in itself. Both both entities are brilliant companies and organisations. So if anyone is listening that is wanting to pursue the kind of creative arts or whatever, those two I'd be I'd say is to go to when you're younger. Hundred percent, one hundred percent, and. It, we're so lucky in life that we have those kind of companies available mm-hmm. now. You know, for, for 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 you know for anyone to kind of join if you're if you're interested in it. And and also I you know on that point, like I think also if it's something that you're interested in when you're younger, like go out there and find your local youth theatre if there is one in your town. And if there's not, go to the next town. Like in our local youth theatre, we had kids that came from like forty five minutes down the road. You know, which in England is a little bit further than, than you would imagine. Yeah, you know, like yeah. We're Petersfield, we're a small town, you know, like the next station is Havant, but we have mm. kids that would come from Southampton, we have kids that would come from Portsmouth to come and, like, be part of this local youth theatre. So if that's there, I would certainly recommend doing that. But then also, yeah, like you say, National Youth and National Youth Music is an incredible experience. Like, you want to know what it's like to be in a touring company when you're 12 years old, like go, go and do a production of theirs, go and do an audition. Like, cause it's crazy. It's nuts. Like we did, I did, uh, the dreaming written by 
how it good or who years oh, later yeah. bizarrely i ended up working with uh, on another musical of his but this is isn't that crazy isn't it? Was like prof- it's mad it's mad but we talked we were talking beforehand about how life is all about kind of going the flow and life will be what it will be and so you needed to be there at that time and to then work with him later on in in the future and it's crazy how that kind of 360 happens absolutely yeah that life is um life can be very cyclical mm, like that mm, mm. <laughs> and it's all about like are you awake to that are you awake to the to the process of life happening or are you trying to control control everything that happens to you it's weird yeah because you can't because you can't actually control anything in your life the only thing you actually can control is your reaction that's literally the only thing that you can control like Mm -hmm. you can't control like how anyone else perceives you you can't control how people move in their own space you can only control the decision well the decisions that you make but also the, the reactions to what is actually happening around in your space. That's the only two mm. things that you can actually control. So when people are control freaks to try to control their space, it's quite difficult because you're actually going against like physics. You're going against, you're just going against things. Right. You've just summed up some of the most important books that I've ever read in, in about 30 seconds, which is really interesting. It took me a long time a long, long time to understand that. Mm. Um, and I think that one of the things that for me is very interesting is when we talk, when I talk about like how, what can I control within myself rather than controlling the outside world is it's like, what's my response to things that happen to me? If I'm responding with like taught trauma Mm. or taught fear, then the, then the cycle's just going to continue to repeat. Whereas if I like dive deeper into what's actually going on, what I've learned, be able to like move and breathe through that mm. and come out the other side, the connection that I have to myself is so much deeper. Because we all know when we're, we all know kind of when we're operating on a level of fear or when mm. we're operating on a level of pain because it doesn't feel good. It feels heady. It feels like the world is spinning and we're like mm. just grabbing at shit. Just sorry for swearing. We're just <laughs> grabbing at stuff for um, to, to kind of make sure that everything's okay. But if we if we like take that moment to kind of settle a bit more, we feel, or at least I feel much more in tune with myself than I have ever done. Yeah. I think as I, I, the reason why this kind of podcast started was the idea that I think when, when years and years ago, I used to use extremities as a way of finding content for contentment i would i I would grab things out of my own space to fuck because i felt that's what i needed it's like when you feel sad people buy stuff and actually that's not the best way to do things or the self-sabotage situation because actually they're not internally unhappy with themselves and actually the way the way the thing that this this podcast was born was the idea that absolutely everything is a role revolved around the core the core of the universe or the core of the core of the earth so 
if the core of the Earth it implodes itself or even raises out slightly hotter than it needs to be, then the outside layer of the Earth will just like cease to exist. And it, that and I and I took that and then made it the podcast. And it basically is like if you slightly are in, unimbalanced in your space or you slightly get too hot like the core of the earth your outside are going to feel it totally so you really have to be as cool and calm as collective as the earth's core and be really one with yourself and find that neutral space for it to kind of like make it make its magic make it make its thing work and then all the other things that happen on the earth's crust like the ozone layer and all that sort of thing will do its job but actually the most important thing is the core of the earth which is the core of you and once you understand when you when you understand that and relate that to everything that actually it's about me first rather than trying to grab things then you become much more aware you become much more appreciative you become much more uh, grateful you become much more mm, patient as well going actually i don't need to grab these things right now because i know i have belief and faith that it will come to me because all I all I need is my true self and my own core. That's beautiful. I <laughs> there's, there's there's very there's very little else that I could add to that other than like I one hundred percent agree. On a interestingly, like on a personal level, when it comes to that, um, I think that so often I was having this conversation with my girlfriend just before because. Me being me, obviously, I'll I'll try and rehearse before I do anything. Um, but uh, I think you know, um, I think we live in a world now that is so often immediate. It's mm. immediate. It's now, 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 now. Yeah, and it's against our nature and I've, I've heard I've, you know I've, I listened, I've listened to other episodes of the show and I know that you've spoken about this before but it is it's very truthful it's a very true thing that because we live in this consumerist society um, to remain like cool calm and collected at all points in time mm. when there's somebody pointing a finger at you going buy this or like yes. do this and you're like <laughs> Like, I don't know if I can. Man. Like, like it freaks me out. Like it, me, it freaks me out. So what I needed to do and what I need to do on a daily basis is find things that like connect me to me. Mm. And it's interesting talking to somebody like you and and, I, and you know like you're a, you're a dancer, you know, and I, and that is for me is one of the like dancers, singers, musicians directors all of those people actors anyone sort of creative who's who's in charge of me mm. i love them because they're so in tune, particularly dancers are so in tune with their bodies mm. you know if you're going out onto a stage and like doing a performance and you're crazy like you like all these thoughts are going on mm. you're unlikely to be able to connect to the movement that you're doing um and so talking to people like yourself and listening is so vital. It's just, it's so, so vital. Um, yeah. It's that, it's that also that phrase of like, listen, listen, don't hear. And it gets repeated in a lot of, if you, if you read a lot of self-help books, it's, 
we 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 talk about it even in relationships as well when your counterpart is saying something and you're hearing them but you're not really listening to them and it's the same thing when you're talking about listening to the universe and listening to opportunities and things that are presented in your space sometimes you hear it and you and you it comes into your space it's like i give example like like a homeless person like for instance if they come up to you sometimes they come up to you in the street and actually you have a, a, a sub, you have a, a, a stereotype of what they're already going to ask. They think you're going to have money or whatever, but actually all they might just want is a bottle of water, simple mm. things like that. So you're hearing them, but you're not listening to them because what they actually are saying is help. I don't need money or drugs or anything like that. I just need sometimes water and food. And actually, if we take that moment to really listen to those opportunities that are coming our way, we can actually respond in a very positive way and enlightening and also um i don't know what well, i don't know what the word is is it like um an uplifting feeling that we've actually reached out into our space and actually listened rather than just like heard it and then carried on and i think that for me that's that is a particular moment i can think of like really listening to people and really listening to what's been offered rather than just hearing something and not listening to things mm. It's yeah, that goes back to the point, I think, about like unlearning your taught behavior and your immediate response to things. Mm. Um, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a tough thing to do because you have to, it's not tough, like it's, it's, it's a strange thing to do because it's not naturally what you're taught to do. Yeah. Um, but unlearning all that behavior that's been passed down through generations, whether or not you're conscious of it at the time mm. of doing it, is, is, is kind of the key to living in a world where you're connected to your fellow human being on a much deeper level than just perception. Mm. Um, you end up You end up living in a world that's like, that's just deeper and it's um it's 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 very important i think now for for everyone um that and particularly for white people particularly mm. for white people that we that we start to look within ourselves there's there's so much talk now you know, people are posting things on Instagram and all this kind of shit, but like, unless you're actually sat down and confronting yourself with your own history and your own taught racism, mm. um, you're not doing anything. You're yeah. not doing anything. You know, I can sit here and I can go, oh, I went to a school and I went to, and I grew up in an environment where, you know, where we were all one and everything was beautiful and, and sure, fine, great, whatever. But the truth of the matter is, is that like systemically and throughout history, you know, people have been suppressed by other people, and those people who were doing the suppression were my ancestors. So, where, so what have I learned from that? Mm. What is it that I've learned from that? Do I consider myself above anyone else? God, I fucking hope not. Mm. But if I do, if I catch myself doing it, mm. I better make damn sure that I'm like changing that. Um, yeah. And that, that's the that's the like that's the confrontation that we need to be having with ourselves on like a daily basis to be able to be more aware of. Cause also, cause also it's also, it's also like, I've been going into like, kind of like 
the the idea of TV and film, for instance, for example, like with this whole kind of um, ancestral uh, heritage of like suppressing uh, different cultures and different uh, um, d- d- different different um, people who are being um, judged for who they are, whether it is tra- you're trans or anything. Do you, because you are, because you are a person of, of brand identity, because you are your brand, where someone else who's a creative director for an agency and they are not their brand, they are representing a brand. Do you feel that sometimes when you're working and you're working within the commercial mainstream sector of entertainment, that you are making sure that you're make, that you are um, doing your bit for what what you know you should be doing in in opportunities that are presented for you where for instance some actors are turning down jobs because it's the right thing to do because someone else should be in this place does that make sense 100 percent, 100 percent. being conscious of the working environment that you're in uh, yeah in order for the betterment of society as a whole yeah i would i would like to say that i am um i would like to say that 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 i i certainly try to be as aware as possible with anything that i put my name to um you know that's that has to be at the forefront of our of our thinking Mm. um i think the other thing that i have to make sure that i'm doing is that the companies that I choose to work with, the people that I choose to work with, are they also representing, you know, representing what I believe in? Mm. Are they are they giving platforms to those people that, that need platforms given to yeah, ultimately? Yeah, yeah. Um, and are they in line with my core beliefs? Mm. Um, again, again, like, kind of going back to it it's a weird thing to say but going back to it i think we because we live in this world of like commerciality and the idea of success is so based on financial worth mm. it's very easy for us all to get blinded yeah. uh, it's very easy for us all to, to to end up going oh there's a someone's offering me a job how wonderful like yeah. great i'll <laughs> yeah. take the job thank you so much yeah but it's not about it's not about me at the end of the day yeah um it's 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 about the world in which i choose to move Mm. Um, and what can I do to, to, to do that? And I'm, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say all the things that I do and the, and the things that I believe in, because ultimately like, like that's up, that's up for every individual. Mm. That's literally up to every individual to decide. Um, but I, I'll say one thing, like I work in, you know, I, I work in the music industry and you'll find that women are vastly vastly underrepresented within the music industry and the touring industry and one of the things that we decided to do not even decided but one of the things that felt right for us to do and part of my core beliefs is like let's get more women into the music industry like let's Mm. let's make sure that when we're making decisions that we're making decisions that are going to be good and going to be for the betterment and you know so let, let let's do let's just make the choices that we need to make to be able to show the representation where it's needed mm. um, and it's not it, that makes it sound like it's 
considered and <laughs> and 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 you know like we all sat around had a powwow at a table and and, and when like this but the fact of the matter is is that like you need to be making these decisions you need to be making these choices in order for things to actively change if you don't change anything within the environment that you're working in nothing else is going to fucking change this is so true. so th- those are you know that that's an example of kind of where we where i um where i try and do my bit and i think as well like for me mental health and 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 suicide in 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 young men is something that i've you know been been around um in my life and has always been something that i've wanted to shine a light on um and i've always wanted to kind of change the narrative about um about mental health and it comes full circle to this idea of love, you know, ultimately the idea of love should be the core fundamental belief of the society in which we exist in. Mm. Um, you know, true, true love. I look at you, I love you, and that's great because you are a human being and I am a human being. We are, this is why we're here. This yeah. is what we're doing, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, doesn't matter, doesn't matter where you live, it doesn't matter where you went to school, it doesn't matter fuck that I don't care like, yeah I just don't care um, so the narrative that we see in the media about mental health um, needs to change um, and it needs to change now <laughs> it needs to change now yeah and it's, see- it's a bit it's about it's about saying raising your voice though and actually making it more more apparent and more aware because obviously it's that it's that kind of like i don't know if you saw that campaign a while ago we had two different fa- or two uh faces of the same people and they were like which one has a disease or whatever uh where, i mean if you could call a mental health with disease or uh, an, illness, or an illness sorry um and it's the same face you would never ever tell but actually everyone suffers from mental health wherever it is like a small little kind of anxiety thing or to like a full-blown panic attack um and it's just about talking about it and i know personally that i suffer quite a lot from and from anxiety and i think that's what came that's what self-help books for me seven years ago helped me a lot like to to understand how to deal with anxiety and how to find tools to go when i'm feeling a bit meh what do i need to do to counteract that to make me feel okay again um, and to strengthen my mind, but actually, it's about once I'm educated myself, it's then doing my part and actually spreading the good message and actually giving the knowledge out to people as well, and also representing, going, "Hi, I also have anxiety. It's cool. Like we can talk about that." And I now I feel like maybe like in that last two three years that it's okay to be like I'm feeling a bit. I go on to a job or whatever, and I'm feeling a bit meh. It's like from a mate's mate's point of view, and it's, it's totally fine to say that now. I think it's it's not. It don't, I don't, I don't feel, feel it's like a stigma anymore for me personally. I think it's a very talked about thing, but I think we need to talk about it even more and just explain <clears throat> what tools you can do to help each other. Hundred <clears throat> percent. Yeah, it's 100%. just it's it, yeah it's there's so many there's so many things, but I think again it all goes it all whittles down to kind of like taking ownership over your space 
whether it is like you being much more careful of how you pick your collaborators when you're in the music industry uh, and making sure that pe people are best represented or whether it is working in films and going, should I really be cast in this role? What do audiences, what would an audience believe that this is, should be? Am I getting this because of the right reasons? All these sort of like conversations that you need to have with yourself and to implement that and own, own that within your own space. I think, yeah, because you can get so blasé between the fame, money, um, the progression of social um, status, all that sort of thing. When you work in the entertainment and the music industry, it's really difficult. Like I don't, because obviously, uh, when you when you are your own brand, like you are, you have your team around you with your your agents and managers and whatever, and you have a strategy of I want to be at this point, so your agents get you things and align for this point of whatever but how do you it's a it's how do you find how do you keep grounded and and keep ownership of the space and making sure you're making the right moves for not just for yourself but for the the space that you're occupying does that make sense 100 it's about listening to yourself it's yeah. about listening to your gut it, that's all it is ultimately at the end of the day is it's just being in tune with yourself all these things that we've learned about social status and financial, they're all created by the darker side of man, <laughs> ultimately. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a truth that exists within you, within me, within everybody on the street that you walk past, you know, um, that, that is much deeper than, uh, than the societal structures that we've put in place. And it's about... It's about tuning that noise out mm. and tuning into yourself. And for each person, that's a different thing. And the thing that works for you may not be the thing that works for me, mm -hmm. vice versa. Um, but at least having the conversation about it is the most important thing. And this is this is the primary purpose of any artist, at mm. least any creative person that I've ever encountered. It should always be, am I connected to myself? Mm. enough to know exactly what it is that I'm doing or am I being was an arsehole but what, what, what <laughs> was, there, was there a point that you felt that you weren't connected to yourself and if there was what did you, how did you find how did you find yourself in a very non cheesy way but do you know what I mean <laughs> was it was because it, I remember, I, remember I, me I do remember the point where I was like trying to become someone else and I wasn't being my true authentic self and I was like Jamie you need to like take your, take a moment here and just find what it is yeah um, there's there's there have been I think there have been sort of multiple moments in my life where that's happened um, I'm now I'm now five years and seven months sober um, and you know going on that journey that was a that was his real journey of self-discovery. I found myself at the end of my, <laughs> at the end of my drinking career. Um, I always laugh when I say it like it's some sort of joke. It's easier to stomach the pain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you've got to um, make you got to make light of these situations. Got to make light of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As a friend of mine says, if you're not laughing, you're crying. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I found myself at the end of, of, of that episode of my life. Um, vastly disconnected from
from who I really am. And I, I, I needed to make an about time, or I needed to make an about time and retrace my steps back to getting back to Jamie. Um, and you know, I did that through, I did that through the support of, um, of, 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 of you know, groups, group therapy, uh-huh. um, and and so on and so forth. And I also was very very fortunate and we spoke about this earlier about how life offers us these opportunities um all the time it's whether or not we're aware and we're woke enough to them um but i was i was put on stage i was i was put into a company um literally about two weeks after going this is it like like enough of this shit like i cannot handle this shit anymore i'm sick to the death of being like this I'm going to change. I'm going to. I'm going to stop this. This is it. Mm. And I was put into a company. I was very, very fortunate. And it just so happens that being around these incredible people, this incredible production, these amazing individuals who I love and adore to this day, and having a structure and a support was one of the things that, for me, I was just like, man, without those people. I'd be, I'd be fucked. Like mm. I'd be fucked. Um, there's, there's no other way to put it. So, for me, there was that little voice. There was that little voice inside my head that that went, "Mate, no. get it together." Yeah, <laughs> not is enough. Uh, you know, when you've, when you've done, you know, I'm not going to go through some of the things that that happened because you know they're, they're things that happened, but and they're things that I felt about myself, but. When you've done enough of those things to yourself, that you go, man, I'm, I'm at, I'm at my bottom here. Like I'm, it's game over. Yeah, I'm yeah. This, this anymore? There's that voice that comes in, and it's like, you know, you yeah. know when it's happening. You know, and uh, and I was fortunate. You know, I knew about these. I knew about these support groups. I, I had the support of you know of, of those and I had the support of uh, of the, uh, the of the company that I was involved in and, 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 and those people and then it was just about from there on in um, staying as connected as possible mm. to that and mm. as connected to as possible to myself and that's not to say that it's always gone well like yeah, because we always we have fall. ups and downs. We have ups and downs in life all the time. And it's actually, I was saying to my friend the other day about you have to actually uh, feel those downs. It's important to feel them. It really, really is for growth. Hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's it, it's interesting in those moments of <laughs> those moments of like complete down and outness for mm. me have come some of my most creative. like times Mm. like I've come out of those moments I've been like yeah I know what I'm doing now like I get it it all makes perfect sense Mm -hmm. Um, and I have to feel it like you say like I I just if I don't allow myself to feel then um, then we're not human then you're not human then you're not human so what I so to conclude everything of these amazing subjects that we've been talking about I mean we've, we've covered a lot of topics how or what would you say to someone uh, maybe uh, who 
as sometimes we'll have obviously ups, ups and downs, what kind of quotes or phrases, I always leave it on this note, what would has always been your go-to when you're in these moments of uh, unbalance or moment success, success, what has always been the kind of go-to thing? Um, recently, it's been a poem by Roger Kipling called If. Um, that's been something that has really just kind of put into a digestible, uh, immediate piece of creative writing that the things that I fundamentally believe in, I mean, they always, they always remain the same, but it's just about the phrases or the things that, that signify them at particular moments in time, because you, you say the same thing over and over again to yourself, or I say the same thing over and over again to myself, I've become quite bored of it. Mm. Uh, so, uh, so at the moment, it's a poem called If by Rudyard Kipling. I also think that like one of the one of the like two two of the other most important things that I've learned is like I don't know and that's okay. Mm. Like I don't know, and that's fine with me, um, and that's all right. I don't need to pretend like I do know. I just don't know, mm-hmm. um, and I surrender. Like surrender for me has brought me some of the most incredible moments and opportunities in my life and there's a there's a guy called alan watts yeah alan, who, i know alan watts of course right cool. yeah of course everyone knows alan watts of course um but he, you know he talks about love right he talks about he talks about the idea of life and, and the idea of love and love is an ultimate feeling of just complete trust total abandon mm. you throw yourself into something and you're like whatever happens happens and this is great do the same thing with life. And if you surrender to life, you can just go, I completely surrender to whatever is going to happen and that's fine, then the doors open up so much more. Yeah. Um, hey, look, it's not always pretty. Like, I can't sit there and say that it's always pretty because it's not. Mm. Like, it, there are times when it gets tough. Um, and when it gets tough, being still is really important. Like just being like, this is hard right now. Like this is fuck, this is hard. I'm finding this difficult, but that's okay. Like that's fine. Um, and when it gets good, you're like, this is great. I might get bad again, but it's great. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I think that being still is really important though when it does get hard. Cause then I think people then start moving and jittering everywhere. And you're like, no, just calm find your center and just think through how you're going to get out of this mess or this situation. And then let them, once you have a kind of clear focus, then you're able to take in what the next steps might be that are throwing them at you from the universe. And Mm -hmm. I think that being still is really important. And you think of all the most successful businessmen and creatives. They always say that I have my best thoughts when I'm just thinking like I have an hour to myself and I just think like I think Bill Gates does that or like some other famous person they before they do any big deal they just think for like two hours just think every move and it's it is literally that I think if you're moving at 20 like 200 miles an hour you can't really assess where you physically and mentally are when you're in those times of down so I think being I think being still is really important and to really take that opportunity to really find that rootedness 
because it does get yeah. hard. Life does get hard. I mean, life is life. Life can be really terrible, and life can be really great. But again, it's about going for a ride. It's like that. It's like that. That song is it. Roller coaster ride. And just, life is a roller coaster. Yeah, life you're is, just gonna ride it, Ronnie Keating. Yeah. Love that. Then I get like I, I, I connect myself to songs that I just go. That's a song I need to listen to now because I think it's so right. Some of these songs that are just like, life can be shit, but actually, it's it's a beautiful life, and and we should be living it, and we should be embracing those moments. And life would be really dull if life was just perfect and everything went well. And I yeah, think the it's people, so funny. the people who are really successful in quotes who are doing their thing have always have always said that the struggle was amazing because it got me to where I needed to be and it got me to be humble and to be grounded but people who are I don't know from like money and I don't know that sort of thing I th- I don't know I don't I don't personally know these sort of people but like as a as a one to one but I can't imagine if they've been given everything how it must be so rewarding or a place of com- fulfillment or contentment if they're in that yeah. sort of place I don't know. The struggle, the struggle is part of, it's part of life, and you learn your best. I've learned my best, the best things that I know about myself through the through the hardest times. Mm. That's that's certainly something that is present with me today. Is just learning when I'm, yeah, learning about myself in, in hard times. Yeah. Well, I want to say thank you very much because it's been, I, as I, I knew it was going to be like this, I knew it was going to be very satisfying for me to ch- chat to you. Um, I, I think you're so connected to yourself and your space and and just space an artist. I just, because I, I, I didn't know you beforehand, but I had a, I had a vision of like who you kind of were and, and, uh, and, I, and I was very right. And it was very, and it's very been. It's been a pleasure to re- read, to chat to you, and get to know you a bit more, and actually to know how you think. Um, so thank you very much. You're so welcome. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. I'm on the verge of tears. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's been my pleasure, and I love you. Thank you so much for this. This has been beautiful. No worries. Thank you very much. This is Three Sixty Yourself, and I'm Jamie Neal. Thank you very much for taking a moment to listen to our wonderful guests. Please subscribe to our podcast to access all our brilliant guest episodes. They are released every Sunday at 12pm. We are available on all listening platforms, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Overcast, Google Podcasts and Castro. You can also find us on Instagram at 360 underscore yourself, Twitter at yourself360 and our host at Jamie Neal JN. Thank you for listening.